Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, everybody? This is the RJ Ringside Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined with MMA writer and writer of all things at the RJ, Adam Hill. Larry Mirror is out snowboarding, as I understand, enjoying the new year. Oh, sounds nice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, he uh, you know thought to invite us. Maybe he has a cabin. Maybe we wanted to snowboard. Could have uh, done the podcast there. All right. Yeah. I, I would have been down for that, but it's all right, Larry. Enjoy your time away because uh, the new year's coming. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to break down with fights coming up as well as some boxing, uh, some MMA here coming to town very soon in Las Vegas, January 18th. This episode of RJ Ringside is presented to you by Untuck It. So let's get into everything happening here with uh, UFC, first of all, because um, we have the fight card coming into town. The last fight card we were at was just about four weeks ago, UFC 245, Usman and Covington. And uh, we had a very lovely guest that night, Adam. Clarissa Shields, whose fight is coming up January 10th in Atlantic City. She's taking on Ivana Habazin. That'll be a 10-round fight for the WBC, WBO, Women's Junior Middleweight title. Um, man, but she still talked about having some interest in MMA. How much do you feel like she's very serious about that commitment? It, it, it remains to be seen. I think we'll, we'll find out exactly where she is now. Uh, you know, we got a chance to talk to her, and, and she was saying all of the right things, certainly. Uh, about wanting to fight Amanda Nunez, about, hey, I will make sure that I guarantee to come over to MMA once she fights me in boxing. We'll do one and one. We'll each go into each other's world. We'll kind of make it a big, you know, year-long event of, you know, six months on one, six months on the other, and kind of use both, you know, use the, the name of both of them to cross over into each other's sport and market each other. And she's definitely saying all the right things about that. But I, I think when we really start to you know peel the onion away a little bit and find out that you know Amanda Nunez seems to say that absolutely not that never was discussed it's never been on the table that she'll fight her in MMA if she wants to come over but she's not going to go box her uh so it it kind of becomes interesting of how much actually has been discussed how much progress has been made toward actually doing this because if you listen to Clarissa Shields talk about it and talk to us about it it's like you know it seems like almost a done deal like 80 percent 90 percent done and that it's just a matter of kind of you know crossing the t's and dotting the i's a little bit but you know when, once amanda nunez speaks about it and says there's there's been really no progress and she's just going to wait and see what what clarissa wants to do it almost becomes well maybe clarissa shields is just using this to push her own brand in boxing because there's really nothing that can get people excited how many people would be excited about clarissa shields fighting you know as you said coming up next week if it wasn't for the fact that she might be teasing a fight with Amanda Nunez after that. So is she using a possibility of coming to MMA to market her own boxing career? Is she using it because she knows really there's only money to be made in the UFC and maybe she will come over eventually, but she's just kind of putting the feelers out there. I, I don't know exactly where it is. And, you know, talking to some UFC people, they're hopeful that she will do it at some point and become a star in the MMA world. She certainly you know, she knows how to you know push herself on social media. She knows how to market herself. There's a lot of positives that I think the UFC would embrace if she wanted to come over. But at this point, it seems like maybe it's more talk than it appeared a few weeks ago and that it's just kind of her way of, of making sure her name is out there. 
If she did do that deliberately, that's pretty genius uh, marketing there to give it her name out because I, for one, would be looking for this fight, whereas normally it might be, like, okay, if I can catch it, if there's time, maybe I'll... But if I thought, okay, she might be the next person who fights Amanda Nunes, yeah, I'm definitely looking it up. So it's pretty smart to be a part and built into that machine, that cog that we call yeah, the media. People don't really care about women's boxing. They do care right now a little bit, at least, about women's MMA. So why not put your name out there in the MMA circles to po to promote your own boxing fight? It seems like a pretty good strategy, and maybe that's what she's doing. And maybe at some point she says, "Hey, this is not enough. I'm I'm using my name to market myself out in these other circles. It's still not bringing enough of an audience. I maybe do have to go fight MMA." And I think that is a possibility at some point. But I think she's also somewhat realistic, saying, "Listen, and I know is is misconstrued." And one of the things she talks about is, hey, I need six months to yeah. learn a little bit. She's not saying in six months she's going to be proficient in MMA. <laughs> she's saying, I, I need to get some basics, at least some basics, you know, in the mixed martial arts world before I even think about stepping into a cage. So uh, I think those comments were misconstrued a little bit. But it it's it's definitely it's good for Amanda Nunez, too, to have another potential rival out there. Somebody else talking, her, talking about her and calling her out. Uh, it's good for everybody involved. So I don't think anybody's... You can fault anybody for doing all these things. All right. Well, on that, let's go ahead and hear from Clarissa Shields and where she talks about that training that she wants to get in where Amanda Nunes was like, I'm shutting that down. I had a talk with Dana. Um, we definitely talked about what I want to talk about, uh, me and Amanda Nunes meeting up in the future. He said it's definitely possible. Um, Said that we have to figure out the weight classes and everything, but it's definitely uh, possible, and I'm ready to go whenever, whenever he's ready and she's ready. I'm willing to give her that respect and learn it, and like I said, do something bigger than what Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather did. Conor went to Floyd's world, and I'm willing to have her come to my world, but also come back because I don't think either is an easy win for either for for either of us. I feel like boxing is more in my favor. But Amanda Nunes can box also. Me, I don't know how to wrestle or kick or jujitsu, so I'm coming in there kind of, kind of just to my left and my right, and she's coming in with her left, her right, her leg, her knee, her elbow, and I don't know any of that stuff. But if you give me the time to learn it, I could give her a hell of a fight in MMA. I mean, for the boxing match can happen. I mean, mid next year, end of next year, MMA match can happen a year after that. It's just about whenever we get a deal uh, signed and sealed and. When they let me know how much time I have to get ready to get inside the octagon. And I'm not talking about six months or a year, but give me actual like actual time where I can have a chance. Like I feel like I have a chance now, but once we go to the ground and stuff, I have to learn that. And I know that I me being an Olympic athlete, I know that I can learn different a different sports and catch on quicker than just a regular person. And I'm the GOAT. I'm the greatest one of all time in boxing. Undefeated, two time Olympic gold medalist. I think I'm an eight-time world champion. I don't lost count of how, of, of how many belts I have. January 10th, I'll be the fastest boxer to become a three-time division world champion. Faster than Lomachenko. He did it in 12 fights. I'm about to do it in 10. It just shows you that I really just want, I just really want to know who's the best. Who's the baddest? And if it's Amanda, then we have to put it to the test.
All right. So coming up this year, uh, Clarissa Shields may be or may not be in the MMA cage, but uh, MMA has been rolling lately. It's kind of been a dead little period here in MMA, which has been somewhat refreshing. But we have seen a few fights, uh, particularly one that stood out in the past here was um, Fedor knocking out Rampage in the first round of Bellator. So, um, man, I can't believe, well, first of all, that either of these two guys are still fighting and two that Rampage is either that done or he just didn't feel like fighting because maybe he had too many burritos in mexico yeah i I don't i mean i don't know how he feels about fighting i know he doesn't care about training or he didn't um he looked like a different person i mean he he came in and i think you know everybody kind of knew he was he was coming in big and it's a heavyweight fight so he can be a little bigger but he didn't look recognizable and i think the first thing that kind of struck you when you saw the way in and he's right at 265 that means he must have cut to get there i don't think he just perfectly timed himself to be at 265 he had to cut to get to 265 and he looked like it i mean i think fight night he was probably way bigger than that yeah. uh it's it's not a good sign i think right away you'd look at that and say okay this is a guy who does not really have his heart in training right now now after he suffers that knockout and it was uh you know not a great performance certainly by any stretch i don't think fedor can take away some great pride of beating rampage so early or whatever that person was who was representing rampage the show uh, of what yeah. used to be rampage's spirit yeah i don't think fedor <laughs> is going to look at that as some great win but you know fedor is at that stage in his career too where he doesn't care he's just making money and stacking up wins and i guess legacy if you use it in a very loose sense of you know down the road 30 years from now can say he beat rampage jackson a former ufc champion but i think everybody that saw the fight or knows about the fight will know that was not actually uh you know rampage jackson in there uh, and now Rampage has declared afterwards, hey, listen, if I'm going to continue fighting, I'm going to need to take it more seriously. I'm going to you know, drop a bunch of weight. I want fans to go along with me. And I think that was more of him taking a shot at fans that are calling him fat, saying, oh, if I'm going to lose the weight, you're going to, you know, you guys need to also. So he's, he's making something out of this, I suppose. And we'll see if he does get serious about getting in better shape and getting back to where he was and trying to get back in a cage one day soon. But uh, I, I would say I, I would say it's not really a stretch to dislabel that entire thing embarrassing but it's the start of a new year that's when a lot of people make those resolutions to lose a lot of weight i'm one of them i'm gonna like go back to before i have where i was way back when when i started this mma career because <laughs> i was in shape then but don't I do was, it on january 1st I was also, exactly I'm not. there's no reason to it's uh, just an arbitrary day i'm actually reading a nutrition book that tells me the proper way to fuel yourself and proper okay. foods that you should be eating before okay. i make this leap because it's a big leap to, to clean up well, your food I, I would i just <laughs> i look at new year's resolutions not as like, because what people say, when I tell people, like, don't make resolutions, just do something. And I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I'm the kind of person that's like, I just do something every day. Like, no, I'm just saying, if you think of something, you can just start doing it. You don't have to put a date in the future and say, that's what I'm going to go. And people will say, well, it's something that jumpstarts you and gives you, you know, a deadline of, hey, I'm going to start doing this. And I, I say, no, it's actually something that allows you to put it off. Because so many people are like, it's August. And you're like, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. Like, no. August 14th is just as good a day as January 1st. Just do it. I like that. Live in the moment. Just like Rampage did. Smiling, like, happier than any loser I'd ever seen taking a picture with Fedor at the end of that fight. But on that note, we'll go ahead, take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back to talk about what's coming up in Vegas. So prepare yourself. Fight Capital USA. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. 
Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. My guys always had issues finding the right shirt, the right fit, things that just don't fall the way that they're supposed to and don't look right. Untuck It has solved that problem for him. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code blue for 20% off. Welcome back here to the RJ Ringside Podcast. Coming up this year, Las Vegas, as always, is due for some pretty big fights. Starting off with January 18th, the Conor McGregor fight against Donald Cerrone. But before we get into that, there's also the February 22nd fight happening here. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. The rematch this uh, last time that they fought was a split draw. It was kind of controversial. Um, this will be this time for Wilder's WBC belt and Fury's lineal heavyweight title. Um, Sam Gordon will come in to break that down once it gets a little bit closer. So you're going to want to keep listening to find that. But um, January 18th, UFC 246. UFC with a couple back-to-back fight cards here, which doesn't often happen in Las Vegas. But this one they made space for because of the name, Conor McGregor. He's back. It's been quite a while since we've seen him. The hiatus has been you know, uh, fueled with a lot of controversy for this star, getting into trouble, have sexual uh, allegations against him in regards to, I believe, assault uh, against a couple of people. So, I mean, there are some heavy charges against him right now, Adam. And things Accusations. That, accusations, say, yeah. that's proper wording, yeah. right? And things that he's going to have to deal with. So do you feel like, I mean, this was the right time for him to come back? And like, what do you feel like the reception might be for him coming back to Las Vegas with all of this kind of hanging and looming over him? Well, it's going to be huge. Uh, I mean, anywhere Connor goes, you know, the crowd is going to be with him and for him amazing. He hasn't won a fight in like, I don't know, 12 years at this point since he actually won anything. But he still as popular as it gets. Uh, in the MMA world, in the sports world, really. I mean, he's just a massive star, so people are going to love him. I, I think, you know, first of all, on the fight being here in general, uh, he fought here last time in Vegas. That was against Khabib, uh, you know, in October, what, 2018? I, I, I can't even keep my dates straight. I think it was 2018. Uh, last time he actually fought in a cage. Uh, so over a year ago, and we know that you know, culminated not only in him losing, but also the, the brawl afterwards and the sanctions from the Athletic Commission. And, you know, I've heard people say, why in Vegas? There are several reasons. First of all, the UFC has a home at T-Mobile Arena. They're an anchor tenant is, is how they're referred to. They're supposed to have a certain number of events a year. I believe last year they fell short of the amount of events that they were supposed to have here. And I think there were some issues between T-Mobile and the UFC. And I, I think they'll be very straightened out by having Conor McGregor come here. And one event will really knock out uh, all of the budget for the whole year of what what the you know the target amount of money for the whole year. So 
it'll kind of smooth things over if there was I, I don't know that there's any fracture in the relationship but if there was any you know hard feelings about it i think this will clear that all up right away uh but the the major reason is because tickets are more expensive in las vegas than they are anywhere else and people in las vegas know this if you're listening anywhere around the country maybe you're not aware but anything in las vegas from fights to concerts like if you're if you're looking at a major concert tour that's going around the country uh you know people in vegas i myself do it i go to la people talk about prices in la i will go to la to see concerts because they're cheaper in la than they are here any event in las vegas is going to be more expensive because there's just more disposable income in terms of when people are here they're going for entertainment they're going for shows they're they're just kind of going and doing things so you can charge more it's a destination so you're paying for the location and everything else so tickets are just more expensive here so you can make a whole lot more money on the gate when conor mcgregor is here the commission is certainly well equipped to handle major events there's always going to be enough you know areas to get private planes there's always going to be enough hotels uh, enough places to go like all of those things are just so easy here uh, that, that, I mean, that's why Connor was always going to fight here for his return. Uh, everything that was said last time of not fighting here anymore and all that, it was all nonsense. Uh, there's reasons the UFC is here. The UFC is based here. Obviously, the production costs are less because it's such a short, it's like a two-mile drive for all their, all, their facility, you know, all their production and all their staff and everything else. So there's a lot of reasons the fight's in Vegas, but uh, never was in doubt, really, that the fight was going to be here when Connor came back. And I think a lot of people are excited to see him fight Cowboy. I think it, it's an action fight. I'm, I don't think anybody expects Cowboy to kind of grind it out and slow it down. They're going to let Connor kind of go stand there toe-to-toe and, and trade. And, you know, Cowboy's capable on the ground, but I think this is just going to be a fight where he says, hey, listen, let's just go out and, and slug and throw down, and people are going to be excited about that. I think people are even more excited about the buildup, the press conferences, and, and what's going to go on. I think there's been some respect between them, but at the same time, they get it. They're going to try to put on a show, and Cowboy's been around for a long time. He's not going to you know, back down or cower. I mean, I remember, you know, Eddie Alvarez, a guy who was a, an incredible fighter and had kind of been through it all, but really got lost in the moment when he fought yeah. Connor. It just wasn't, he wasn't prepared for the press conference. He wasn't prepared for the spotlight, for the spectacle. And it really cost him when they actually stepped in the cage. None of that's going to happen to Cowboy. He's going to be fine at the press conference. He's going to be fine at the weigh-ins with the screaming fans and all the, all the people from Ireland and all of that. Like, he's not going to have any problem with all that stuff. So that, that'll just make it a more entertaining fight. I think it's kind of a perfect opponent for, for McGregor to come back against. And if he can't beat Cowboy, it throws a whole wrench into everything that the UFC wants to do. Not that it's going to call it off because you can still make Connor against some of these other guys. But I, I think the UFC would be thrilled with a Conor McGregor early knockout where he takes no damage, he shows that he's back, he can jump into another fight pretty quickly. Uh, Just because the UFC wants something to happen, it rarely happens, but that is absolutely what they want to happen here. There's no question about that. Do you feel like the the Irish contingent will be out here in full support as we've seen in the past? I mean, I know that when we went to New York, it's a lot closer for any European to kind of travel to get there, it's easier. But Las Vegas is a lot farther of a trip. Um, this fight really wasn't announced as early, I think, to make yeah. great travel plans as some people would have liked. So do you feel like that we'll still see the regular support uh, out here for him? Yeah, I do. And it, it's, listen, it's, 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 it's it, it, excuse me, it is a long trip from Ireland and from Europe to come over here, but it's not the most expensive time of year. Certainly th- there'll be plenty of flights that, you know, will be full of, of Irish fans coming over. And let's not forget, I think one of the things that we saw – um, with Connor when he was fighting very regularly is 
you know, all these fans were trying to make the trip, but it was like, hey, this is the fourth time this year I'm trying to make this trip. This is crazy. It's been over a year since he yeah. fought. So, and, and before that, it, it had been a long time since he fought in the UFC. He did have the one boxing match uh, here against Mayweather. But, you know, the, the fights have been so spread out now that I think people, you know, if they're going to take their one vacation a year, they, they know that they can do it on this one and not have, you know, like it was before. Like, hey, I just went to the U.S. twice from Ireland to go watch this guy fight in the last six months. They've had some time to kind of uh, miss him a little bit, and I think that'll help uh, spur the interest of fans coming over. Okay, so we're expecting everything to kind of go on as normal as we've seen in the past when Connor comes and we see these big flags waving out there for him and everything, and he's got a ton of support, and people are singing Walking in a Connor Wonderland, I think yes. is the song. But um, so uh, the, the one thing that you mentioned, though, the, the smack talk, the fighting, I'm wondering if that actually will happen. I mean, I'm expecting the smack talk, but Connor can't engage beyond that. Because of the commission, because of all the hot water he's been in, because of all the fines that he's had, do you think that we see like some pushing and shoving out of him or any kind of crazy reactions like we've seen in the past? I mean, I don't know how far it's going to go. Like I said, there, there's respect there. So I, it hasn't been like completely over the top. I know there was a, a press conference a couple of years ago where they uh, really went, went at it a little bit. But since the fight has been announced, we really haven't seen that kind of nastiness. So I don't know if they're going to sell it in that way or what they're going to try to do. But I, I also don't think anything that the commission has done is going to stop Connor from doing what he thinks he needs to do to sell more pay-per-views and to make more money from the fight. If he has to pay a fine, I'm sure he'll pay a fine. Uh, I don't know that he's going to, you know, put do anything that's going to put the fight in jeopardy necessarily. I don't think he would, you know, go fight in the crowd at weigh-ins or, or something along those lines. I think he's smart enough as a promoter and as a marketer to know – what he can do that's going to generate interest um, and and may, especially around a fight. I mean, I think there's reasons why he acts over the line when he's not fighting and when he's right up to the line when he is fighting. And I'll, Name I'll is just, always relevant. I'll just kind of <laughs> leave it like that, leave it there um, and let you guys speculate what I mean by that. But I think, I think he's, he's much more in control when he's in training and ready to fight and he understands what he can and can't do. Now he's... I, I think you can argue he's crossed the line with the Nate Diaz press conference and throwing bottles, and th that put people in jeopardy. Like, that put people in danger. Put Adam in the line of fire. Yeah, and that was more Diaz's <laughs> camp. Uh, that, that almost got me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those things were, were probably over the line, but not as over the line as, you know, attacking the bus and those sort of things. Yeah. So I think he understands what's going, to, what's going to spark headlines and create interest and spark drama and not put fights in jeopardy. And so I think that's... That's what you can look for. I, I don't think he'd mind a fine um, or clashing with the commission again or that sort of thing. But there's a difference between that and doing something that's going to have the fight potentially get canceled. And I don't think he's going to go that far. Fine line between selling tickets and complete chaos. Yeah. I, I got, I got yeah, it. True. All right. So we will be out at the events happening during fight week, happening January 18th at the T-Mobile here in Las Vegas. You can keep up with all of our coverage with at Larry Mir, at Heidi Fang, and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Guys, we will come back with podcasts during fight week as well. So keep it tuned right here, wherever you are listening. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to follow us on social media as well. So for Adam, thank you so much, guys. We'll be back. Warriors.